Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, darlings all. It's a huge pleasure to... This is your Tom Reed Wilson has words with Harriet Thorpe, the Guinness call. Mr. Reed Wilson, Harriet Thorpe is about to arrive. Oh, I was just about to give you a very extended welcome, but the beginner's call in the theatre means five minutes until the curtain rises. It's rising today on a television stage and film legend who's shared the screen with everyone from Dame Elizabeth Taylor to Jennifer Saunders. Her comic chops are as at home on stage, where she has graced many of our most beloved musicals from Mamma Mia to Wicked as screen in comedies like British Empire and Absolutely Fabulous. I was cock-a-hoo to write a bespoke poem for this very dear chum. Here it comes. An actor with oodles of comedy clout, a doyenne of musicals too. After her stints in both Wicked and Mame, one wonders what can't Miss Thorpe do? Glamorous and raunchy, one critic declared on seeing her Vera in Mame. Knowing her well, I can proudly confirm that off the boards, she's much the same. Some talk of her strict role in Calendar Girls, others her fleur in Ad Fab. She's pulled off Draconian, pulled off a ditz, but cannot and will not play drab. She's also philanthropist, time and again, to myriad causes commits. We moonwalked through London last year to raise funds. I followed her sparkling tits. She's such a great chum that I really do feel that she is the weft to my warp. So I shall stop rhyming and hasten the sounds of my darling Harriet Thorpe. <laughs> darling, that's such heaven. Thank you so much. <laughs> Oh, darling, how lovely to see you looking ravishing. Thank you, this darling. This an oral experience, but she does. You can take my word for it. Bless you, darling. Now, darling, before we get going, what are you up to right in the here and now? Well, what's extraordinary about this time is that we'll never get this opportunity again. And myself and my family are trying to do as much as we can to make sure we come out of this healthier, better, more vibrant and happier. I'm doing a show four times a week at the moment called The Wonderbird Show and then I'm also doing all sorts of different things myself which is um, a kind of online brand which you know I've done for a while which is to talk to women of my maturity um, to make them feel fabulous and know we don't have to stop doing things because we're slightly older. I'm doing some animated stories and oh, um, yeah just 
just things that are going to make us happy and creative. And the arts is really suffering at the moment. It's yeah. a nightmare. So uh, lots of charity work for acting for others and, and walk the walk and things like that. <laughs> now, we met some, it seems potty to even say it, but some four years ago. Yes, it was on um, Big Brother Bot's Joy. Oh, yes, you were a wonderfully witty panellist and I was a sort of roving reporter. But you see, that might have been the beginning and the end, had I not become a stage door Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> well, darling, I'd always admired your work and your wit and your wisdom all rolled into one. So it was a, a match made in heaven. It was indeed. And, and that show that I was simply potty about, Ruthless, which was a wonderful off-Broadway import. Tell me about that and your role in that. I played um, a very bitter and I suppose it's a big departure for me, obviously, as an actress, um, but um, that she was once a very bitter, never was Broadway star that sadly never twinkled, but always hoped to. Um, uh, yeah, Myrna Thorne, and she was a teacher at a grade school and taught theatre. Um, and she was just the bitch from hell and funny. And I think I know what you're thinking was one of her first lines. I am not a lesbian. It was one of her opening line, which is just heaven. And of course, the first time I ever saw you on stage was in Crazy for You at the Open Air Theatre in Regent's Park. And years later, we went back together to see a Thornton Wilder play. And I don't know if you remember this, darling, but in Act One, a bird flew over the lead's head. <laughs> you leant over to me and you said, darling, this is why I love this theatre. You don't know if you're going to be rained on or shat on. <laughs> No performance at the wonderful open air Regents Park is ever the same. Whether it's petals blowing in the wind, whether it's leaves falling as the season ends, it is absolutely the most seductive place because you start seeing each other, the audience and the performers. And then as the night draws on, they disappear and you are illuminated. But you share every moment, whether it's a little fox or a bird or you know, any moment a breeze or even a plane flying overhead, yeah. you share it. You don't do that in theatre as it stands. You know, you don't. No, and I remember so well seeing Into the Woods there, and it was so magical because there were trees on set, and you could not tell where the set trees ended and the park trees began. It was absolutely just glorious. And I think Tim Sheeder, the director, is so brilliant. Um, and all the productions that he has are just completely compelling because of that. The immersive, the sense of what he does theatrically and how he's changed it is just breathtaking. Yes, yes. Well, just about the only two things that Ruthless and Crazy for You, and of course your latest triumph, Maine, have in common, is your dazzlingly convincing American accent. But there's a very good reason for that, isn't there? Yes, there is. I suddenly, aged eight, came home from my North London State Primary School and my mummy said to me, darling, I think we're going to America next week. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and we were swept up suddenly and dropped into the centre of Hollywood. Now, this is because of her extraordinary success as a novelist. And she was initially known as a kind of tilt of the hat to uh, George Eliot, as Eliot George. But it yes. wasn't just sexual politics of the early 60s that made her do that, was it? It was the, the very tricky themes in her novel. Yes, it, it was. I mean, The Leather Boys, her novel, which was the Brokeback Mountain of its day and dealt with biker boys, working class boys who fell in love 
And there was nothing like that before. A, it was still illegal. Yeah. And B, if it wasn't, it was only a feet privileged who might be able to salute slightly their longing. Yeah. These yeah. were boys who just didn't understand what was happening. It was a kitchen sink drama with Dudley Sutton, Rita Tushingham, and that was the movie that from her novel. Yeah, yeah. And that changed our lives. And it is just incredible to me, I mean, as a gay man, to think before 1967, before decriminalization, incredibly brave. And also, I mean, we'll get on to you going to Hollywood, but the extraordinary thing is that all of that legislation change happened mm. while you guys were away. So that little period at the end of the 60s, abortion mm. legalized and homosexuality was, capital punishment went, the pill came out, and then you I mean, we, that. I know, we, we did come back on and off, obviously, because we had family here. So we were still very much connected yes. with London and all the arts going on here as well. So we never lost touch. We didn't, we weren't consumed into the earthquake fault of <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. Um, you know, one always had an outside eye, so yeah. yeah. But I think things like that novel began to help make those changes. Oh, my God. I completely agree. It helped sow the seeds and help move mm. that discourse forward. Totally. And make it and normalize it. Yeah. And there was no, no shame. And it was wrong that everybody judged it. Yeah. Now, I have an interesting theory because you think about that time, which sort of seems mm. like halcyon days in a way. And then you had, of course, fast forward to 11 years of Thatcherism. And then Jennifer writes absolutely fabulous. And that, of course, is a great love letter in many ways to the 60s, immediately after Thatcher. And I wonder if you all felt on set that it was sort of a great time of reminiscence and, and love for that period. I think it was definitely part of it, but it was also the empowerment of women, the extraordinary characters that she created for all of us, yeah. and the brilliance of that jewel. Ab fab that has resonance still yes yes and fleur was <laughs> she was hysterical darling she's such a quotable character i mean my best friend james and i still <laughs> quote her in terms of absolutely and i adored creating rather airhead like character and because I had a slightly weak R, she began to write wonderful things with lots of R's in for me to say, which was yes, it was there was retinol a lot, wasn't there? That's right, yeah. And no, it was so wonderful. I don't know what this means, but it's forcing me to believe it. Believe it, that's right. And um, was it the other day somebody posted, oh yes, douching with mint is another one. <laughs> that, what a rectal experience that would be. Mm. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure if it was the tingles, the ladies. Was, yes. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes. Sorry. You do. Have we a have a choice, off. darling. We have a choice. <laughs> well, darling, we have talked a little about the 1960s, but I really want to turn back the clock now as we get regional with Harriet Thorpe. <laughs> Darling, where exactly were you born? Well, actually, darling, I was born in London, so I don't get very regional, dear. I'm just, I've never left, really. <laughs> and then, as we mentioned, well, let's talk a little about that family home. Were there words and phrases indigenous to the Thorpe household? There were, actually, and it was, I think, it came from a sort of, um, well, I called my grandma Namar and my grandpa Dapar, so it was Namar and Dapar. 
And then when we would go to sleep, our parents would say, oh, just go shushy, darling, shushy, shushy. And I thought shushy meant sleep. And I thought that till I was almost 20 because I just go, oh, it's going to go shushy. Because shushy is like shushy, shushy. I had the same thing with wissy one. I, I, used to call, I used to call my poos my wissy yeah. ones. Goodness only knows why. So I thought it was the most loaded insult one could possibly give at school. Oh, you're such a wissy one. And that's blissful, darling, because now I will use it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, enjoy your next wissy one and and think of me as your wissy one. I will. As your definite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there we are, aged eight, scooped up Mm -hmm. off to Hollywood to live with Maurice Soloff. Maurice and Elsa were our cousins. And um, again, they just picked us up from the airport and we arrived in Bel Air my god into this amazing house and yeah lucille ball was just around the corner up the street and elsa would go have tea with her and morris also was one of the people who found frank sinatra and they were godparents to some of the kids and so he also did a lot of his concerts later on well yes because he was for those of you that don't know he was one of the most legendary musical directors and i love him for um, From Here to Eternity with my great hero, Deborah Carr. And Absolutely. Lawrence of Arabia with Peter O'Toole. I mean, it's endless, isn't it? It is. And he had three Oscars. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Three options, if you please. And he was... There, just yeah, and I remember seeing them. You know, he had a piano, he played the piano, and we'd all sing at night time. And um, he also played the violin. And yeah, he was musical director of Columbia Pictures. You know, it was extraordinary. Oh, and oh. again, the most unassuming, darling, sweet man. Oh, and I think actually, very often people at the zenith of their career who are dazzlingly brilliant are often the kindest people. It's a curious thing. Mm, absolutely. Morris used to take us driving, my sister Matilda and I, and Matilda's also an actress, and he used to drive by all round Bel Air. He used to say, we're catching cookies. And he'd drive by very slowly the leaves all along some of the, the streets. And we'd, take, we'd pick the leaves and we call it catching cookies. Oh, wow, delicious. Oh, because they were crisp and caramel. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> and there you were, 
aged eight in a brand mm. new school. Elberdale. All this very Hollywood vocab. Can you remember? Yes, I can. The, the things that struck me particularly was like, oh my God, that's so neat. <laughs> I, I didn't know what neat meant. I thought that meant tidy. <laughs> but actually, of course, it meant, it meant so Impossibly cool, cool, so wonderful. <laughs> Impossibly cool. Well, yes, things like elevator, you know, we'd say lift. And also I was thinking furlough is an American word. We don't say furlough here. Yes. Furlough. Every, now we're using that. Everyone's been furloughed. Yes. We say we'd say they're on leave, but now it's isn't it an army term? Isn't it? Isn't I it an army it's term? Also also a prison term. You would be a prison term. Yes, well, yes army. Oh, joy. You'd be granted furlough as a special sort of dispensation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. And then they'd say there's things like for automobiles, cars, you'd say, oh, yeah, my, my stuff is in the trunk. I'm sorry, the trunk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, which is the boots, which is the boots. <laughs> and, you know, it, the hood was the, the front part of the car, you know, where your engine was. Um, five and nine, well, that's completely different. That's an American thing. I'm not I'm talking bollocks, that's makeup. No, tuna melt, again, that was the oh. most bizarre thing. To get a tuna melt was extraordinary. I know. Yeah, and they said, would you like a, an English muffin? And I was like, oh, yes, please. Well, it's nothing like a muffin, darling. An American English muffin is nothing like a, a British muffin. It's ridiculous. What is and, it, darling? Well, an English muffin is, it's kind of like, well, it's, you know, it's like a, a cake. It's like a scone, almost. It's like, yeah, it's like a, but it's like a, but that, no, the scones are biscuits. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a potty. <laughs> yeah, scone is it like, a, a biscuit is like a scone. And um, obviously, as we said, cookies biscuits jello is jam you know oh, it's confusing gosh. candy is sweets yes 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 oh man and all those things one had to sort of you know you want some oj sorry aren't you <laughs> of course you know but all those things you know, you, breathe. yeah <laughs> yeah so you starting your school day did you have to very formally pledge allegiance like they do in the movies and all of that every i pledge i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all amen i do that every bloody day darling oh, i still my hand on my heart we have to stand by our desk and pledge allegiance to the flag every Sing morning it on your mental retina ever and ever and ever and um, you know going to school there from as i said north london ordinary state primary school fabulous uh, sort of, you know, suddenly being, I don't know, processed into Elrodale, Beverly Hills was so extraordinary. Had an ice cream machine. You, they say you want chocolate milk with your your fried chicken. That was our lunch. Oh, fried my. chicken, and chocolate milk, Neither or pizza. Which I expect you'd ever had before. No, darling, of course not. We had, you know, terrible pies or tarts or a bit of corned beef or maybe a bit of fish on Friday with some grey vegetables because they've been cooked for so effing long. Um, you know, it, it was like... So I, you Mrs. Lovett's diet by the time you played her. <laughs> yeah, really, seriously. <laughs> but it was so wonderful. It was like party time every day. To go to an ice cream machine in your school, for God's sake. I know. Oh my God, how staggering. What an assault on the senses. And what about your fellow students, darling? Well, they were... They were again it was a very different world everyone was very laid back and as it was the sort of 60s 70s i remember mary beth sat in front of me in math class and suddenly she sort of slumped over the table asleep and nobody could wake her up because she'd been to her mom's medicine cabinet and she'd taken some sleeping pills because that was the whole kind of hippie you know free love crazy era time devil man. and mary beth yeah mary beth was asleep and so i think it was around that time that my parents thought actually although mum was 
was writing a movie every year for 20 years, we were out there every year, um, they decided to base us back in London, where things were a yes. little bit more realistic. And yeah, I'm glad yeah. they did. We had the best of both. While you were there, speaking of best of both, of course, when you were out of school, your mum was very often at the big studios. Did you ever get to visit? Oh, all the time we'd go oh with her. God. Absolutely. I know. And we'd go and play on the back lots because she would have her office and you drive up to the office which is like a little kind of lovely little house and then we'd go off and play on the back I remember at 20th Century Fox yes we were playing on this amazing set which I didn't realize because I was quite young at the time but it was the set of Hello Dolly's Main Street oh. which was so expensive to put up they never took it down oh so we would just God. play I'm up and down the street internally. <laughs> pretending to be Barbara Streisand at eight. I was doing the same thing, but I was pretending to be Barbara in a rather dilapidated garden. You did it on the set. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the extraordinary thing and the mad thing is, it just is now, I want to go and do it now. You just need to finish off my showbiz education for me because yes, darling. Hollywood vocab of the 1960s, and we've got the theatrical vocab that you're very privy to. So could you be a little two-pronged fork of translation for me? Yes, darling, of course. Okay. okay. I want to know about some of these Hollywood phrases first. A gas. A gas is having a great laugh and a fantastic time. Oh, my. Oh, it's almost like laughing gas. Or more like petrol in the tank. I think bit of both. <laughs> bit of both. Running the gamut. Stoked. Stoked is, I was so stoked when I saw him. He was just exciting, happy, um, exhilarated. Oh, like stoking the flames. Yeah. Kind of making it a full blazing fire of excitement. Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, that makes perfect sense. Flake off. Well, to leave again. Like a kind of peeling away, I suppose. Like, yeah, like flake right off. <laughs> flake right off the skin. Like that yeah. grasses. Okay, love Yes, dear. <laughs> Thank you for that imagery. Yeah. <laughs> um, theatrical terms now, darling. Now, I've always been puzzled about this one. Mm. Green room. Why is it a green room? Well, darling, you know the cockney rhyming slang, dear. Yes. Do you know that? Apples and pears. Well... There's green gauge, which means stage. Got that? Oh. So, when you have a green room, dear, that means it's where you go sit, isn't it? When oh you're not on the stage. By the oh my God, it makes perfect sense. You see, without the Cockney, I would have been baffled then. I know, dear, lost. Thank God I'm here. <laughs> I remember actors, though, in my, in my thespian days saying, see you on the green, darling. I remember Always. that. Always. <laughs> you still say that. Of course, see you on the green, absolutely. <laughs> um, curtain call? That comes from Nicholas Nickleby, when the audience shout for the actors. Oh my, so it's actually a kind of demand from a rapturous audience rather than some, some stage stage director going, come on. Oh, that's... No, exactly. And we like, yeah, and we like a lot of them. Hashtag just saying. <laughs> well, you've never known fewer than 12, have you, darling? No, darling. <laughs> It's in my rider. I simply won't. I simply won't perform unless I have at least twelve curtain calls. <laughs> what do you mean you're going? Come back. <laughs> and that's me alone, obviously. <laughs> um, break a leg. Ah, now this was when Lincoln was shot in a theatre, 
and the man who shot him got shot in the leg. Oh my god. His assassin, his assassin was shot in the leg. Oh my god. Oh, so I knew the assassination story, but I didn't know. Oh my, so he must have been an actor. Christ. Yes, yes, dear. Um, <laughs> nighttime family. This might be a Thorpeism. This is a Thorpeism. When you do a show, a long run of a show, as I have done several times, two years doing Wicked, for instance. What evolves in that time is the people you spend half your day with and they become your nighttime family and all the dramas which evolve every day, rolling down that red carpet of drama. Um, that's what compels you. You do your work on stage absolutely professionally, but then there's the nighttime family drama going on around the theatre, happy times, sad times. We all yeah. share it. Because the undiluted thrill of like, I itch to get on stage and just do it. Realistically, in a run that long, eight performances a week will serve you first six months if you're lucky, won't it? So I guess the tonic of the nighttime family keeps you buoyed. Totally. Absolutely it does. And I think it's very important. We used to have a, a little thing at Wicked, which I don't think they allow now, but it was a group of us, Bok, Dillamond, myself, obviously um, the two leads as well, would fly by en passant mm -hmm. and we would have coffee corner and we would make coffee at a certain point in the show yes. and everyone would be bringing coffee and then we decide what we thought about it where it was from from the world if we'd been on a holiday or whatever and yeah we'd have coffee corner and that was part of nighttime family oh how blissful oh darling we need to be co-stars and reinvigorate the coffee corner but every show has something of that ill always yes that unites you it's a comedy moment or you have cocktails after the show that goes on a lot yeah. certain people have dressing rooms green rooms green room darling that's right <laughs> everyone has a kind of ritual that goes with every show which is so lovely lastly name harriet thorpe yes dear. i thought i'd rather ironically finish with beginners <laughs> Beginners is obviously the call to stage. And I think that's what I love doing most is sitting in the dressing room with the half hour call and then slowly counting down to beginners, which is actually five minutes before the show starts. Right. You just have a knock on the door. But again, we call it big dinners. <laughs> well, I call it big dinners. Is it big dinners yet? <laughs> is that is that a sort of metaphor for the for the great meal of the performance that's about to come it's, it's almost like of you've had your hors d'oeuvre in the dressing room that's your mac yes dear and now you're getting the big dinners babe oh darling well i've enjoyed every morsel of this every lexical mouthful you've been having. thank you thank you darling i love you dearly loving you back darling thank you so much darling thank you talking to harriet really got me thinking about one word that seems inextricably linked to her career. Fabulous. Fabulari is the Latin root meaning to talk. It doesn't take a trampoline-aided leap, therefore, to arrive at confabulation, a talking together, affable, easy to talk to, and fable, a spoken story. But the rogue sibling fabulous seems to queer the pitch as a synonym for delicious or extraordinary. Well, not necessarily. You see, originally, anything fabulous was quite literally the stuff of fable with unearthly splendor that one associated with stories and worlds conjured by the imagination. It's been absolutely fabulous having you all here today. If you enjoyed this podcast, 
Remember, it's but one play in the repertoire. For more, do subscribe and leave your stars and reviews. I really love to read them. In the meantime, oodles of love. This has been a Monkey Kingdom and Acast production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.